Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. And by Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 684. Well, from our We Did It Again department, last week we received no correct answer on our mystery bird contest. So we did a drawing from among all those nearly correct answers received. Congratulations again to Joanne from nearby Hanson, Massachusetts, for identifying our mystery bird. Unfortunately, we didn't identify the mystery bird after not getting that answer on our live show. We did manage to fix it on the podcast, but this was the bird, and it was the Sedge Wren. The Sedge Wren. Last week's mystery bird. Well, here's our provocative question of the week. Is British Columbia, Canada leading a young birder revolution? A couple of weeks ago, our friend Victoria Marks, a new Talking Birds ambassador from Kelowna, British Columbia, sent us a note saying that she and her husband are in their early 30s and that they've noticed more younger people are getting into birding. Victoria says she thinks her generation is looking for ways to manage their stress and that birding does that. Well, now we learn via the Star of Vancouver newspaper that a Vancouver-based nature group is hosting a bird walk called The Rise of the Hipster Bird Watcher. It follows what they call the hipster birding event last summer that was expected to draw about 20 people, but 150 showed up. The Stanley Park Ecology Society's Selena Starnes is quoted as saying, What I love to see is people coming out to this walk and shake off that old image of a birder and come into this new age of birding. Organizers expect this year's walk will be even more popular than last year's, and so they have scheduled two of them, one on July 19th and another in August. The walks are precursors to the World Ornithological Congress, taking place August 19th to 26th in Vancouver. And going on at that same time is the Vancouver International Bird Festival, which will include, there's a mental image needed here, a parade of about 200 people dressed as birds walking on stilts along the seawall. Plus the unveiling of a 30-meter-wide bird mural and five new bird-themed postage stamps. In issuing her walk invitation to hipsters and non-hipsters alike, Ms. Starnes says, you can be online all day and watch videos of cats, or you can come to Stanley Park and actually see real wildlife. Well, here's some more evidence that British Columbia is leading the way, young birder-wise. One of our youngest Talking Birds ambassadors, Adam Dalla from Coquitlam, British Columbia, has just had one of his photos published in Birdwatching magazine, the new August issue. It's a shot of a bird that most of us have probably never even seen, a prong-billed barbet, photographed at the La Paz Waterfall Gardens in Costa Rica. Meanwhile, another of our great ambassadors, not from Canada, Dave Seth, also had a photo published this month in Birdwatching, a gorgeous picture of an orchard oriole 
taken just north of Dave's hometown, Normal, Illinois. Congratulations, Adam and Dave. One more quick Canada mention. Last week, our Mike O'Connor informed us that the gray jay, which may soon become Canada's national bird, has been officially renamed Canada Jay. We're waiting to hear about that possible national bird of Canada designation. But here's another change. Get ready for a name change for a bird that everybody knows and loves. Or at least knows. That would be the rock pigeon. Often just called pigeon or common pigeon. In your old Peterson's or Golden Guide, it's the rock dove. But in newer field guides, the name appears as rock pigeon. But guess what? The folks in charge of these name assignments are now considering changing the name of that bird back to rock dove. Apparently to end confusion with an Australian bird known as rock pigeon. While at the same time, whether intentionally or not, restoring some dignity to this fine but much maligned bird by once again calling it a dove. So if the change takes place as expected, it may be time to get another new field guide or go back to the really old one. By the way, the American Ornithological Union changed its own name not long ago as part of a merger with another group. It's now known as the American Ornithological Society. What we're hearing there is our mystery bird. This is what we call our mystery bird contest preview. We'll do the actual contest a little bit later on in the show and give away a beautiful Droll Yankees Observer Window Feeder. Plus, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app. It's a pretty cool thing. It's an app that makes learning bird sounds a game. So that's the sound of our mystery bird there. This is a preview of our contest. Our mystery bird is a medium to large shorebird with a long bill and long legs and a habit of probing into the mud using a motion reminiscent of a sewing machine. Our bird breeds mostly in southern Alaska, northern Canada. In breeding plumage, it's reddish underneath, mottled brown above, mostly kind of gray in the winter. That would be our mystery bird. A little preview of the contest coming up a little bit later. Some of the stories and videos we have for you on our Facebook page this week. Here we go, another story from Canada. In Ottawa, there's a standoff between the annual RBC Blues Fest and a nesting killdeer. We'll connect you to the details. Are fireworks dangerous for birds? National Audubon has some thoughts about that and we'll link you to their post. And what's the connection between a bottle of shampoo and last week's featured feathered friend, the Northern Fulmar? Well, the answer can be found through the video from the folks at the Belgian Biodiversity Platform. Hint, it's about what ocean plastic is doing to this species. And we'll connect you to that video from the Belgian Biodiversity Platform. That's some of what we have for you on our Facebook page. Don't forget, you can also find those stories through an online search if you're not a Facebook follower. Here's our conservation salute of the week. It goes to the League of Conservation Voters. 
which is a two million member environmental advocacy group, a salute for putting together their national environmental scorecard, which asks the question, how is your state doing in its efforts to protect our environment? The scorecard indicates that there are a few states that have quite a stellar record based on voting by their U.S. representatives and senators. On the House side, the best environmental voting record with 80 to 100 percent ratings on environmental issues comes from here in the Northeast with environmental ratings at that high level for New England states Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode Island, along with Maryland and Delaware. And on the Senate side, those same 80 to 100 percent ratings were earned by all of the states just mentioned, plus New Jersey, New York, Michigan, Illinois, Minnesota, Washington, Oregon, California, and Hawaii. All in terms of their senators and representatives earning high marks for caring about the environment. Check out our Facebook page for more or just do an internet search for National Environmental Scoreboard. Still to come on our show today, we'll catch up with our man Mike O'Connor in our Let's Ask Mike segment, in which Mike will explain why they're in quiet Cape Cod. Well, not quiet in the summer, but usually quiet in Mike's backyard, but very noisy there right now. Mike will explain. Meanwhile, with the rock pigeon, maybe about to have its dignity restored by being called a dove, a bird that also once had pigeon in its name, but that now gets its moniker from the wizard featured in Arthurian legend, is today's featured feathered friend. Presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. All right, let's hear the next case. Yeah, that would uh, be me, Your Honor. I would like to uh, petition here on behalf of my client uh, for a change of name. And what's the reason for the request? Well, Your Honor, as you can see, my client is a beautiful falcon. He is fast. He is fierce. He is really, he's, he's magical, Your Honor. And we don't think he should be saddled with the name he currently has, which is Pigeon Hawk. I see. Uh, sounds reasonable. Well, given what you've said, uh, what about changing the name to Merlin? Wow, Merlin. That would be fantastic, Your Honor. That's a great idea. Uh, very well, then. Request granted. Uh, the Pigeon Hawk shall from now on be known as the Merlin. Court adjourned. <laughs> Well, it's been some years since the Merlin's been called the Pigeon Hawk, but the name Pigeon is still useful in identifying the Merlin. That's because the Merlin is about the size of a pigeon. What else to look for in IDing the Merlin? Well, he's got a large head, a stocky build, and kind of a short tail. The male is slate blue from above and heavily streaked in ruddy brown from below. His head is dark and bluish, with a sometimes hard-to-see mustache drooping downward from just behind the bill. The female is brown from above and more darkly streaked below. Male and female have very noticeable buff-colored undertail feathers, easy to see in flight. The Merlin is compact, powerful, fast, and aggressive. He's been described as mean-looking. Because of that and because of the male's ruddy-colored breast and belly, I call him Mean Mr. Mustard. 
And the Merlin sounds kind of mean, too. There he is, the Merlin, mean Mr. Mustard, this week's featured feathered friend here on Talking Birds. Welcome again to our show number 684. As usual, we invite you to visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. There would be no G in Talking, TalkingBirds.com. And uh, please visit us on Facebook and Twitter at Talking Birds. Right before our mystery bird contest, we have a little update on that story from Ottawa about the killdeer versus the RBC Blues Festival. Seems like the killdeer nested right about where they wanted to build the stage for the festival. So nobody kind of knew what to do there for a while, it being illegal to move the nest with uh, four eggs inside. And they finally got a solution to it. So the organizers there devised a plan to move the birds and their four eggs about 30 meters away from the spot. And an official with a federal license to handle migratory birds began that work this past Tuesday. So it involved moving the eggs to a replica nest and then moving it a single meter every 20 minutes until it reached its new home. So the work paid off when crew members noticed the first chick breaking through its shell. And according to a statement from Blues Fest, the baby bird was running around seemingly no worse for wear within hours and was soon joined by two new siblings. The fourth egg, we're told, was left behind by Mama Kildeer, but hatched shortly afterward. And the chick was taken into a wild bird care center from which location it will be released into the wild. So the killdeers seem to be okay, and the Blues Fest is going on as scheduled. Our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. My name is Rochelle Backer, and I live in Arlington, Tennessee. I became a Talking Birds ambassador because I love to talk to other people about birding, and I wanted to introduce them to Ray Brown's Talking Birds. I struck up a conversation with a gentleman while looking at bird baths. He started sharing stories about his hummingbirds. I could tell he was really excited about birds, so I told him about the show and handed him a couple cards. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talking Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Click on the contact button and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the contact button at TalkingBirds.com. And thanks. By the way, if you're not hearing our Sunday morning show live, we do the show live from 9.30 to 10 Eastern each Sunday morning. And think you're unable to enter our mystery bird contest? There's a way to do it. You can hear our show live every week online. No matter where you are, just go to TalkinBirds.com and see how to do it. It's pretty easy. Just click on the listen button there for the uh, for the easy details. 
Our mystery bird contest. You're eligible to win if you haven't been a winner here in six months. On Talking Birds, the number to call is 781-837-4900. 781-837-4900. Maybe you heard our preview a little bit earlier in the show, in which case you heard this sound. That's our mystery bird, a medium to large shorebird with a long bill and long legs in a habit of probing into the mud using a motion reminiscent of a sewing machine. Our bird breeds mostly in southern Alaska and northern Canada, and in breeding plumage, it's reddish underneath and mottled brown above. It's mostly gray in the winter. We have a couple of fabulous prizes in our mystery bird contest this week. First, a Droll Yankees Observer Window Feeder. Let's you see the birds up close with an unobstructed view. Perfect for sparking children's curiosity and helping them learn about their backyard birds. It has three strong suction cups that attach it firmly to your window and it holds a couple of cups of seed or fruit or suet or mealworms. And our bonus prize, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. Prizes and clues, and there's the sound again of our mystery bird. Tell us what it is or take your guess and uh, do so as quickly as you can so we'll have plenty of time for our mystery bird contest and maybe a bonus question this morning. 781-837-4900 is the number. Meanwhile, we'll find out what is going on now in Mike O'Connor's backyard in Cape Cod. Let's ask Mike live in just one minute. Well, here's a preview of another great nature book from Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, publishers of the Peterson Field Guides, the Kaufman Field Guides, and many more useful guidebooks and reading books. Every child knows the allure of climbing trees, but how many of us get to make a living at it, spending days observing nature from the canopies of stunning forests all around the world? As a wildlife cameraman, James Aldred spends his working life high up in trees, capturing key moments in the lives of wild animals and birds. Aldred's climbs take him to the most incredible and majestic trees in existence. In Venezuela, even body armor isn't guaranteed protection against the razor-sharp talons of a nesting harpy eagle. In Australia, the peace of being lulled to sleep in a hammock 25 stories above the ground after a grueling day of climbing and filming is broken by a midnight storm that threatens to topple the tree. Read about these and his many other adventures in The Man Who Climbs Trees, available wherever books are sold. Down to Cape Cod now, location of the world-famous Birdwatcher's General Store. That would be in Orleans on Cape Cod. And Mike O'Connor is there. We'll try to hear him above the din emanating from his backyard there. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, Ray. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind, of, kind of a hectic scene here we got going on. The uh, the baby birth, I, I know we discussed this a few weeks ago, where we have a nest box full of uh, gray-crested flycatchers. Mm-hmm. And, and so what I did was I put a little camera inside the box before they got there, and then I run it through the TV in the living room. Hmm. I want it in the bedroom, but my wife wanted nothing to do with that. <laughs> and so now that the babies have hatched, we have five hungry babies. They look scary as heck. They're just all furry and blotchy and blind, and they're whacking their heads back and forth, and their mouths are open. Um, and then the parents are bringing them food back and forth. And the interesting part is these things are small. They're like the size. I don't know if you can hear them. And they... they 
They never stop talking, even at night. They just hear yapping the whole time, and the, and the parents bring them in this food. Now, a few years ago, I had a nest box with chickadees in it, and they would bring these little one-inch green inchworms and feed the babies. Well, these are fly catchers, so they eat bugs that are considerably larger, and and they're considerably larger than the the babies themselves. They look, it's you know, I think they're mostly dragonflies, but they look like like the Wright brothers playing compared to the birds, <laughs> and they shove them in, in the in the baby bird's mouth, and mm. they don't fit. So you would think they'd choke, but no, yeah. the mother hammers, 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 like loading a musket. They're shoving the food down, and the wings wow. are sticking out, and they eventually get on. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. I'm glad I don't eat like that. Wow. Although my kids do sometimes. <laughs> but here, here, here we go. Wow. Can you hear that? We can hear it loud and clear. This I'm is afraid just... to get too close to the screen. I might get sucked in. Wow. And, now, a... now the, and then she feeds them, and then the birds, this is... This is uh, my, my wife's impressed with this. But after she feeds them, the bird kind of kind of tips over a little bit and produces a, a little fecal sac, little bag of poop that the parents <laughs> carry away. But in the first few days, the, the sacs weren't that big, and the, the mother would actually eat the sac on the spot. And my wife said, now that's a dedicated mother, because I don't <laughs> think she would be willing to do yeah, that. Yeah, that is so amazing. I, I can't get over how loud they are. And this is, now how close are you to uh, to where those birds are right now? I'm about a half a mile away. <laughs> that's what I thought. I, yeah. I'm, I'm just, you know, a few feet from the TV, and the box yeah. is probably, I don't know, um, 150 feet from the house. But mm -hmm. right by the TV, and they, <laughs> they just, full, whatever... The energy you get out of a dragonfly, it's worth it. I might start eating them because they're just, they never calm down. They never get quiet, and they can't even see. They don't, maybe if they saw what they were eating, they wouldn't be eating it in the first place. And this is how many checks again that you, that you have there? 500. No, there's five. <laughs> it sounds like 500, doesn't it? It, it, it kind of does, yeah. That, me... That's five, and the parents are able to keep, keep them fed. And, and amazingly, these things look like nothing. I mean, like I said, they're like, they're like a chewed piece of gum. They're so creepy and gooey looking. And then... <laughs> Ten days from now, they're going to be free-flying a uh, full-grown bird. It's crazy, crazy cool. What a lovely bird you have there. Looks like a piece of, what was it, used? Chewed gum. Yes. <laughs> what a flattering description. I love that. All right. Wow. Okay. I'll let you get back to the action, Mike. All right. We'll talk. Well, I'll let you know when they fly a uh, week or two from now. All right. Mike O'Connor down there at the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. You can still hear them. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week, Mike. <laughs> okay. Bye. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Regular contributors include expert birders and authors such as Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and others. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. All right, we're back here to the mystery bird contest. So this much quieter bird here is our mystery bird. Pretty loud, too, actually. 781-837-4900. What is our mystery bird? A medium to large shorebird with a long bill and long legs and a habit of probing into the mud using a motion reminiscent of a sewing machine. Our bird breeds mostly in southern Alaska and northern Canada. In breeding plumage, it's reddish underneath and mottled brown above, mostly gray in the winter. What is our mystery bird? 781 837 4900 is the number. We have Tyler down in beautiful Portsmouth, Rhode Island. Good morning, Tyler. Good morning. Thanks for for calling in. Uh, Tyler, what do you think our mystery bird is? I think it's a long-billed dowager. 
A long-billed dowager. We're going to describe that, uh, Tyler, as a top-quality guess. That sounds good. Well, it's not that good. When we say top-quality guess, it means it's not exactly what we we were looking for. But but, uh, close but no cigar, as they say. But... I'll tell you what, if we don't get a, an exact answer, then uh, we'll call upon you as our, as our winner. Okay. Sounds All right. good. Thank you, Tyler. Tyler down there in uh, Portsmouth, Rhode Island, uh, with a guess of a long-billed dowager. We have Ben up in Lawrence, Massachusetts, I believe. Yes. Hello, Ben. Hi, Ray. How's it going? Uh, good. Very good. Good. What do you uh, think? Uh, yeah. Uh, would that be a flicker? Would that be a flicker? Jesse, right. would that be a flicker? Jesse has uh, the, has the answer on this, I think. Top quality guess, but no. Oh, another top quality guess. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, but we'll just call that a quality guess, I think, on that one. Uh, but not a flicker. <laughs> but uh, thank you, Ben. 781-837-4900 uh, is the number. What uh, might our mystery bird be? Let's hear it uh, one more time here. It's a medium to large shorebird with a long bill long legs in a habit of probing into the mud using a motion reminiscent of a sewing machine uh, kind of a diagnostic field mark or field behavior our bird breeds mostly in southern Alaska and northern Canada breeding plumage it's reddish underneath and mottled brown above mostly gray, uh, gray in the winter time and we have Sue right here in Marshfield Massachusetts on the line good morning Sue Good morning. How are you? Doing well, thank you. It's a uh, it's a beautiful day in Marshfield. Uh, gorgeous today. Just, yep. just really beautiful. gorgeous. Well, uh, Sue, you heard the guesses and you heard the clues. I uh, did. What and is, I, yeah. I'm well. Reminds me, you said Stitcher and Dowitcher, I think, but a short build instead of the long build. Long build. Absolutely huh? right. Yeah. All right. Could you tell the difference between the two if you saw them? I don't know. I have a real hard time with shorebirds um, identification, you know. But it's not easy. I've seen I've seen them, but yeah. <laughs> but they've been pointed out to me. It's not easy. That is for sure. But uh, you did a fine job there. And would you like to try our bonus uh, question, Sue? We happen to have sure. we happen sure. to have a bonus uh, question here. Let's see. Uh, this is a this is a. Um, um, it's a, what, what am I trying to say? It's a it's a multiple choice is what I uh, is what I wanted to say. Um, okay. So, uh, short bill dowager was our mystery bird. So we're we're going on beyond that. And our bonus question uh, to you, Sue, is what is a commissure? And I'm pretty sure we haven't used this question. I hope a, com- a commissure. A commissure. Here are your here are your choices, uh, Sue. A. A line formed where the where a bird's upper bill and lower bill meet. That's A. B, the connecting tissue on a bird with webbed feet. Or C, a commissure is a high-ranking officer in the Russian army. <laughs> um, oh, I think that must be uh, C. Uh, C, a high-ranking officer. <laughs> <laughs> That's as close as, you know, I don't know the other two. I've never heard that expression before. It doesn't sound so wrong. Yeah, um... <laughs> Actually, your your guess sounded pretty wrong there. Uh, the high ranking <laughs> officer <laughs> in the Russian army. Actually, the answer yeah. is a uh, a line formed where a bird's upper bill and lower bill meet. That is a commissure. Commissure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you'll I'm sure you'll find a, a way to use that I'll in be using conversation. Using that in conversation this week. Uh, this, while I have you, I missed what was the lovely bird that looked like a chew chew piece of uh, gum. 
Oh, that was, was. Oh, uh, I, I'm I'm glad you asked that because we we're going to yes. put pictures of those birds right in Mike's backyard up on our Facebook page. We haven't done it yet. We'll do that today. The okay. bird was a great crested flycatcher. Oh really, wow! A really okay. a, a really beautiful bird. A big a big uh, uh, striking looking flycatcher. Yeah, great crested flycatcher. Okay. Uh, well, even though you uh, even though you didn't exactly get the uh, bonus question right, so we're going to award both of those prizes to you. Okay. That Thank beautiful uh, Droll Yankees feeder and the download uh, or online access to the Larkwire app. Oh, awesome! Thank right. you very much. Thank yep. you, Sue. All right. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Thank you very much. And just so we make sure we don't do what we did last week, I'm going to give the identity of the mystery bird again. It was the short-billed dowager. And we have run out of time for our show today. Thank you so much for being with us. Next week, Dr. Ben Freeman from the University of British Columbia in Vancouver will be with us to talk about his fascinating new paper that suggests some reasons why American crows attack common ravens. Thanks to Mark Tuffield and Debbie Bleacher and our engineer, Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. For Lean's Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean, inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron, offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. And by Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com.